Welcome to the Center Cut. I'm Michael. And I'm Dave. No. Ah, March 30th, idiots. April, <laughs> April Fools, but it's if it's two days prior, is it's called March 30th, idiots. Yes. <laughs> I am the real Michael. And I'm the real Dave. Those lovely voices <laughs> you heard were Alice and Doug, who have a podcast, and it's going terribly. Screw you, buddy. <laughs> but that's very disingenuous because... It's not going terribly. It's going well because you two are great. Now, why don't you tell all of our listeners about your show? Well, we are a show of nonsense, I suppose. We do a lot of improv, a lot of catalogical humor, first with Mm. pretentious uh, English teachery stuff because that's that's who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It all started with a dream. (laughs) A dream and a $5 bill. As all podcasts do. Yes. And now here we are. Mm. We just talk about whatever we feel like talking about. We have no format. We're, um, I don't know, we're lame like that, I guess. <laughs> we don't have good ideas like you guys. See, my favorite part of the show is, well, is you two. But then after that, it's, oh. you, you, you create a lot of games. Yeah, Doug does a lot of, he's a game master. Well. <laughs> and there is something to be said for just being able to talk and still fill time without having to feel like you need a structure. Mm-hmm. Shut up, David. but no it it really is a wonderful time if you're listening to this you're going to love them so you're going to want to check them out easiest way is just searching going terribly on any podcast catcher is that right we're on apple spotify google anchor Uh, but that's true i've listened to you guys podcasts now and it is very we're kind of similar we're we're kindred spirits in a way Mm -hmm. (laughs) we may have less jizz jokes but Mm. Less? What? <laughs> it depends on the day. It depends on the day. Sorry, sorry, mm-hmm. lesser. But not enough menstrual cup discussion. So that's true. There was a period <laughs> where we where we talked about it. A period. Mm-hmm. You get it? You get it? Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> bad. Bad. Off Dave's to a bad start. <laughs> David, we have our guests here today. But what are we doing exactly? They're here because we watched the middle. Of singing in the rain without audio. So we pulled the old cat in the hat and we watched the middle without (laughs) any audio. We're going to recap the that middle section for you. And then Alice and Doug have some questions to help us determine which one of us is the best at reading lips. (laughs) Wait, what movie is this again? (laughs) This is the AFI top five best movie. Is it really? Show it some respect. Wait, this isn't Biodome? (laughs) (laughs) So, Singing in the Rain is what we are covering today, and it was released in 1952. It is a a musical romantic comedy in Technicolor, which was actually pretty new. That happened in the early 50s, so one of the early movies that that was in color. And it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is substantial. But you feel like they kind of just felt like they needed to give it 100 because it was one of the first 25 films ever to be 
preserved in the U.S. Library of Congress. It's like Citizen Kane, you know, which I think is a hollow masterpiece. Whoa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how dare yeah, you know, right? call it a masterpiece? <laughs> I think that there are movies like this that are such large cultural movies that they feel like they just need to score it highly. It does star Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds, mm. and Donald O'Connor, a man who looks a lot like the 50s version of Rick Astley. Oh, my God. Mm. <laughs> I am never going to give up that thought yeah. now that you've put it in my brain. I will link them together forever. Mm, good. I'm glad. Oh, I get it. God. What, nobody knows the other Rick Astley song? <laughs> Don't you dare tell me Rick Astley was a one-hit wonder. I'll, I will <laughs> take this whole podcast down. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. I'm ready now. <laughs> all right. Well, then I think the best thing to do is to recap the middle 30 minutes that we watched without audio. I think so, too. Why don't you get started? All right. So the first chunk of the middle began at 36 minutes and 22 seconds. We're on stage and this blonde haired dude with a skimmer hat and a pimp cane is just gallivanting Ooh. around with many a periwinkle dressed woman flittering mm -hmm. around him. The skimmer makes me think of milk, which might come <laughs> up later. <laughs> What? <laughs> Are you going to throw up on me? What a milk teaser. <laughs> you know how to hook an audience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the ladies fawn around him. The camera pulls back and behind him, the curtains all rise. And there are 12. I don't know what you would call them, like vignettes, dioramas. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, I spent so much of elementary school making dioramas, <laughs> and I haven't had to make one diorama since. What the hell, school? How did you say elementary school again? It was elementary. Mm. My dear Watson? <laughs> I just, I have not made one diorama since elementary mm. school. and uh, It's not about having to make them, it's the joy of yeah. making dioramas. I've, I've made a diorama yeah. when I was an adult. It was probably like 10 years ago. And we like sang a song to the tune of the diarrhea song. Like, diarrhea. Cha-cha-cha. Yeah, okay. Diorama. I get You're it. The first uh, person ever to take a funny song and parody it into something not funny. <laughs> you shut your face. You're like the opposite of Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> You're normal I'm Alice. Normal Alice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I'm sorry I don't have money to pay for my oil change, but can I show you this shoebox full of cotton balls and tinfoil? <laughs> it feels like a waste. But anyway, these 12 scenes, each of them has a differently dressed woman in them with mm. props. Now, first and foremost, this shit would not fly in 2022 film because these ladies shake so much. Mm. Mm -hmm. They cannot stay stationary for the life of them. <laughs> They've failed the mannequin challenge. Here we are, the woman in order. You got... Richard Simmons ski trip. You have <laughs> Christmas stocking with gorilla shag. <laughs> Snowball tennis? Question mark. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, help me, my dress is still on the loom. <laughs> there is Peacock Heisman. <laughs> Scramby Eggies lady. <gasps> uh, there's the grape advent calendar. <laughs> yes. I nightmare of genie. <laughs> there's the one legged suitcase lady. <laughs> <laughs> Flamingo vagina. <laughs> yeah, obviously. That was my college band name. <laughs> Flamingo vagina. Was yeah. it flamenco or flamingo? It was flamingo. We okay. weren't that fancy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, naughty funeral. And then the last one was my fiance died, but I already booked the wedding venue. And it holds on that last one for a couple extra beats. And then they all come forward to join hands with the periwinkle pimp and his backup singers. <laughs> mm. mm -hmm. They all come together like synchronized swimmers and they stare up at the sky 
And then it cuts to a director and producers at Al who are filming this smut. (laughs) (laughs) This Busby Berkeley smut. (laughs) (laughs) Our main actress is one of the purple gals. And as she comes off, the two main dudes from our part, Gene Kelly in a white sailor-esque suit, and this Weasley guy with slick back hair, as Dave called him, Rick Astley. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They come up behind her as she jabbers at who I think is the director. Gene Kelly also talks some shit. And then we cut to them outside with him and the main lady walking and talking, still in costume. Oh, then, then that should not be allowed. Who's the costume wrangler here? Yeah, you're outside yeah. amongst other people in your costumes. You could Faux spill pop. shit on there. That's a Marvel spoiler nightmare. <laughs> they talk for a couple of minutes. It's very windy out. He wants to hit it, I think. And <laughs> she's playing hard to get, or at least that's my guess without audio. It's hard to say. <laughs> They open up a door they're not supposed to, which leads to a big Ooh. open movie set with a purple sky as the backdrop. What is with all the damn purple so far? Mm. Oh, God. This, tell me? this wasn't written by David Lynch. Freaking relax. <laughs> There's a lot of purple. There's a lot of the same color. It must there be something. It does. Maybe it was just one of the first ever movies that was made in Technicolor and purple looks good on screen. You ever think oh, my about God. That? That's so nice. Yeah. Don't applaud Dave's thoughts, Alice. (laughs) Yeah, how dare you applaud my intelligence? (laughs) So Gene Kelly turns on some machine that starts billowing out carbon monoxide, and they die instantly. (laughs) (laughs) He flips on a light that makes them look red, and then he forces her to climb a ladder, shines a bright light in her face, and turns on an industrial-sized fan in her direction. If you won't sleep with me the normal way, I'm going to have to knock you off this ladder until you're unconscious, is basically what I took out of this chunk of the movie. All this checks out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of upset that it turns out you did watch this with audio on. Ah. You lie instead of a gun. (laughs) I mean, it's just honestly, you put someone up, a small girl up on a ladder and then blow a fan at her and put lights in her eyes. Like, what what do you think is going to happen? There's nowhere to go. (laughs) I took this scene as he purchased this. The ladder? No, the whole thing. He's renting this area. He did not come here. He's an actor. Like. I, so he could also direct. You don't know. There are many <laughs> actors who also direct and produce in the 50s. I don't know, man. You, know, Maybe? you ask forgiveness instead of permission. So yeah. you can just go wherever. God, is that? Are you talking about? Are you talking about onto the girl? Alice? No, 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 no. Uh, I, mean, I, no I mean, entering the film set. Oh my God. <laughs> you just enter. <laughs> I find that it's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission, Kathy. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> they were regular rapscallions in the 20s. Yeah. <laughs> so he either starts singing at her or talking very slowly. <laughs> Hard to say. It's because of the exhaust fumes he's breathing in. Mm-hmm. She finally gets off the ladder and they start to dance. First slow, then fast. Then he picks her up like the dirty dancing move, but way lazier. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> way lazier. <laughs> Gene Kelly ain't, ain't no... Uh... Patrick Swayze. Swayze. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> now that he's dead, everybody puts Gene Kelly in the corner. <laughs> oh, no. You didn't even plan that one. You just came up with that shitty joke. That was crazy. Usually they're like built into your little your little notes there. So I'm like not surprised when they're bad. But that one, you just off the top of the head. That yeah. was actually impressive. You're welcome. That was the worst quickly made joke I've ever heard. Well done. Anyway, so they lean on either side of the ladder and the camera pulls back to a wide shot. Mm. And then it fades into that old timey newspaper thing that Mm. you see in old movies and Looney Tunes where it just spins around. (laughs) 
Gene Kelly molest young girl. <laughs> <laughs> extra, extra, read all about it. Exactly. So <laughs> the newspaper is the variety. It, literally every single story on the front page is about how the talkies have arrived, a.k.a. movies with sound. Mm-hmm. Every single story. I hate to break it to your variety, but you're not living up to your name. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot going on in 1927, too. So yeah, you'd assume like there was a lot to put into a newspaper around then other than surprise. Movies have words now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> every single story. Now, it zooms into one story headline, which is. Big Bonanza for Diction Coaches. And then we cut to the office of Phoebe Dinsmore, Diction Coach. Now I see why they chose that headline. She is very grumpy looking and is coaching an overdressed actress, presumably on her diction. But it also looks like there's a picture of an anatomical uterus on her wall. So I don't trust this lady one bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It fades to what I think is another speech therapy office based on the pictures on the wall with mouth shapes and vowels. And... This egghead dude is making Gene Kelly say stuff better, and he thinks he'll achieve this by doing weird shit with his hands. 50s Rick Astley barges in with a god-awful sweater vest, and he butts right into the conversation. I hate this guy. Yeah, he's the worst. No! Yeah, egghead's (laughs) pulling words from a small book, and this goofball gets behind him and and keeps making silly faces while Gene Mm -hmm. is supposed to be practicing (laughs) they do that thing where he goes back to normal every time the egghead guy looks back at him and then back to dumb face rinse and repeat like he paid good money for these lessons and this guy's just (laughs) this is the 50s that's what Mm -hmm. passed for humor yeah until the egghead guy finally catches him he is very pissed off so he's like fine gene kelly you do it and he hands him the book He says a few things, and then that other guy that I hate grabs the book and just tosses it right in the air. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then they start harassing this poor man. (laughs) Just like Mm -hmm. grabbing him and jostling him, forcing him against the window as they play behind the curtains like my son. If they were doing this to a woman, they would be doing 7 to 10 in the slammer. Hard stop. (laughs) Not in the 50s. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, Gene Kelly proved in the previous scene you can get away with a lot. Uh, That's true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They start dancing with his limp body like he's Bernie, not Sanders, and (laughs) the lewd behavior continues. They start slamming on his desk like madmen, and then they treat his desk like they're Rick James and it's Charlie Murphy's couch, just stomping up and down on it with their tap shoes. Fuck your desk! They jump down, they do some prototypical 20s dance moves, very, very goofy, and and now it's time for Sweater Vest to give Egghead a lap dance. What is going on? What mm-hmm, is going mm-hmm, on? Mm-hmm. My favorite sentence of all time. It's art. Okay, you guys, <laughs> you're ruining this for me. <laughs> You've made the movie better for me already. And I liked it before. <laughs> this... <laughs> I don't know what that was, Alice, but I liked that. That was a spot on imitation of Lena Lamont, let me tell you. Watch it with sound. It was, right, it was spot on. <laughs> they start dancing some more. It's quite outlandish. I, I don't understand the point. As a heavy set man myself, all I can think about is how sweaty their crotchers must be with all this <laughs> rambunctious gyration. Just mm-hmm. wet pants. They've been moving and grooving for like five minutes now. Swamp ass, yeah. So many layers. They step on his chairs. Just fuck this guy's furniture. Just fuck this guy's <laughs> furniture. And then to top it all off, they throw the dude back on his desk and then just just rudely just pile a bunch of shit on top of him. <laughs> then they just angrily fuck him right on it. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is in 1952, this is what passed for a G-rated movie. Yeah. Mm. 
they put a lamp on them, books, a chair, literal trash. Mm -hmm. And then the cherry on top, they put the vowel A picture from the wall, which is fitting because these guys are assholes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. See, here's the thing. Like, based on this scene, am I supposed to like these two? Because I don't like these guys. Like, that's not a nice thing to do. I I just think, like, they seem like they're the protagonists, Mm -hmm. but... I am feeling the agon part of their mm. the word, the agony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good breakdown of the word protagonist. So <laughs> I am not pro agony. <laughs> I mean, you have to remember, like, maybe in the story arc of this movie, because we missed the beginning chunk, maybe it's like we were made to like them, and then this was in the middle where we, like, kind of question whether or not mm-hmm. these are actually good dudes, and then by the end we realized, yes, they are good dudes or something like that. Or maybe this diction coach guy was a real jerk and they're giving him what he deserves yeah maybe yeah he puts the dick in diction <sighs> it's the hero's arc you know? yeah. <laughs> i think you're giving 1950s movies too much credit sometimes things are just happening they just okay. i mean these movies they probably just put as many colors in as humanly possible just yeah. like make it bright <laughs> and exciting tell us about the purple in that scene yeah <laughs> purple that was the end of my first 15 minutes but our second 15 minutes picked up at 51 minutes and 22 seconds into the movie. And now we're on a movie set and a man who looks like a director is yelling something at his cast and heads back into his recording booth to begin recording again. And seems like yells action or quiet on the set or something like that. And they begin filming again and he has to go out again because apparently the female lead is either too quiet or too high pitched where the audio isn't picking up or anything. But their frying pan sized microphones are not doing their job in picking up her audio well. And if this is going to be a talk and we can't hear her, then it's obvious why she was at addiction coach. Mm-hmm. You say frying pan. It looked to me like a shower head. Oh, yeah. yeah a little bit yeah, like yeah, a shower yeah. head. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. One of the fancy shower heads that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like a rain shower head. Yeah. It feels really weird for adults in 2022 to be saying the word talkie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't like it. Talkie. I, hate I don't know so what it sounded much. like back then, but I, I don't like it now. <laughs> it was probably also bad back then. We're going to put you in the talkies. <laughs> yeah, you're in the talkies, <laughs> eh? <laughs> so this happens a few times. It looks like, I, from what I could tell in this scene, it was actually kind of hard for me to tell. I think Gene Kelly is the, the lead in this movie. Yeah, I think so. I wasn't sure, too. Later on, I feel like it's kind of confirmed because we see you know him at a premiere and stuff like that. But... The director essentially has to go in and out, slowly moving the microphone closer and closer to this lead actress's mouth. Eventually, they have to sew some extra flowers into her dress to hide smaller shower head, you know, for those people who are cheap and can't afford the cool rain ones. But no, so they do have this wire that's kind of going across the floor and up into her dress, into her bosom, and then on her shoulder, like getting closer and closer to her face, basically until it's... That's mouth. another word that was big in the 50s that yeah. I don't feel comfortable yeah, yeah, saying yeah. now. Bosom? I don't feel comfortable. Bosom? No. You don't like bosom? No. I enjoy the fact that I just said bosom. I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> I don't like it, but just because it instantly gives me an erection. <laughs> and then I feel uncomfortable <laughs> being around people. See, that's how I feel about talkie. Talkie. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, these actors are dressed in what looks like 18th century garb, the, the white wigs and everything. I think you're mixing up your centuries. <laughs> People in the 18th century just looked like soot. This was definitely no. 17th century. 17th yeah. century. Mm-hmm. Right? Baroque. Baroque period. They didn't look broke. They looked pretty rich. Har, har, har. 
<laughs> so yeah, this this back and forth goes on for a while, and eventually, some official-looking man walks in uh, to this production, kind of trips on some of the wires, and picks them up and kind of yanks them to get them out of his way. And it turns out it was the cable for the microphone that was sewn into this woman's dress now. And he yanks it forward and she falls backward. So that's cool. That makes <laughs> no physical Tico. sense. Yep. But she falls over. It's all very crazy. And then the director makes just the, the most frustrated and awkward face for a solid three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one good thing about pre-1960s. A lot of dudes just eating their hats for humor. Like, you don't see that as much anymore. Yeah. Like, the hat over face mm-hmm. and hands comedy Pull, these days. Pulling the but... hat down and, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> around it. That's, like... that's definitely the noise, noise you made, Doug. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, that was... lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're at a, a preview for this movie now at a busy theater. Gene, Debbie, and Rick are all meeting outside of, of this theater to head in. It is a, a black and white film because the, this is kind of set back when talkies first became a thing. Gross that I had to said that, say that. <laughs> Did you see the guy I hates Crayola crayon variety pack tie? Oh, yes. I I just despise everything about him. No! You know what? I, I bet his voice sucked too. Like, I'm the wacky sidekick. Like, that's definitely how he talked. Okay, yeah, that is how he talks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Don- yeah, yeah. Donald O'Connor's like 105 sitting in a nursing home. He's going to turn on this podcast. <laughs> oh, they're talking about my movie. Is he and still he's alive? Gonna, I he's going to he... hear all. No, he's way dead. Oh, but okay. I'm doing a joke here. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be so excited that somebody's talking about his movie 70 whatever years later. Rick Ashley, that young ragamuffin. <laughs> So this movie that we are seeing in the preview, which uh, apparently is the movie that that Gene Kelly and this uh, lady is in, is called The Dueling Cavalier. Mm -hmm. It seems like as the movie progresses, the patrons in this theater watching the preview start to laugh. And to me, it felt like they were laughing at things that weren't intended to be funny, like that they were laughing at it, not with it. But there look to be some technical difficulties and stuff going on. I don't know if the audio is not matching up and like the video like seemed to skip a little bit and slow down. The director who is sitting with Gene Kelly and and some of the other folks uh, seems to be pretty unhappy about it. They end up leaving the show. They're kind of standing in the entryway of the theater and things are are not looking good. Like Gene Kelly's trying to hide himself from the people coming out. So I don't think it went well. I have some Mm. different thoughts, but we'll get there. Okay. Well. We are back at Gene's house, though. I love when you guys disagree. (laughs) Mm, Which is all of the time. (laughs) It creates this real will-they-won't-they dynamic. Mm, Oh, yeah. (laughs) They will. Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, so it... It seems that that Debbie and Rick are trying to make Gene feel better. He seems a little down in the dumps that his movie didn't do good. They are eating some sandwiches and having some milk with them. The oddest, milk. The oddest thing to drink with right. a sandwich. But thank goodness that Alice previewed for you 30 <laughs> minutes ago. But yeah, so they bring everything into the kitchen. They retire to the kitchen because they're all done with their sandwiches, even though it didn't even look like any of them were eaten at all. So just a waste of good sandwiches. And like a whole ham and block of cheese are out on the counter. Like they finished making the sandwiches and just fucking left that shit out while they ate. Yeah, who does that? Or didn't eat. Rich ass Hollywood punks. 
Great Depression, my butt. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Jeez Louise. Gene's doing good. But after a few seconds, they chat in the kitchen, and then they break out in song and dance. And for the remainder of my 15 minutes, they are singing and dancing, starting in the kitchen, and then making their way into the dining room, and then into the entryway that it looks like. And they start <laughs> dancing with raincoats, and they finally make it to the living room where they do that quintessential 50s move of standing on top of a chair and or couch until it falls over <laughs> and then it all concludes with them falling into the couch and laughing together and then having a threesome right in the middle of the living room <laughs> which is how i thought this was going to end honestly mm. yeah yeah i have so many so many things to talk about in these scenes uh that you glossed over so number one <laughs> good lord i may sound uncultured here but yep usually is that what refrigerators used to look like with a goddamn industrial-sized fan on the outside of it? How did I not know this? Yeah. I mean, did you realize that refrigerators before that were like half uh, a an area in which they would put the block of ice that kept the rest of the fridge cold? No, I didn't know that. The other point is we see our man, Rick Astley here. He just, he stands on so much seating, like more seating. Mm. They love <laughs> to just, stand on Everywhere seating. he goes, Who he's standing he on seating. Tom Cruise? You know mm-hmm. how rude oh. that is? <laughs> Maybe that's where Tom Cruise got his inspiration mm-hmm. and why nobody likes Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Plus, like the thing is, think of it is like now we know that it's raining out also. So he's probably getting dampness on the seats that he's stepping Ooh, on. Don't say so dampness. Don't say dampness. <laughs> Please say dampness, especially when you're talking about getting dampness on seats. You say dampness, but like an octave lower. Dampness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting dampness. I finished. He is. <laughs> He is early leader in the clubhouse for my least favorite character this season of the show. Oh. Wow. There were some very bad people so far. And you're, you're calling out old Rick Astley, huh? Yeah. Now, there's a lot of dancing here, and, it, and I'm sure the choreography is cool and all, but I'm not Misty fucking Copeland. Like, I want some substance in my movies, some <sighs> audio-less substance. Uh-huh. I mean, you're watching a musical. If you're going into a musical, you have to know that you're going to get that. Like, you're going to get that. Isn't, like, one of your favorite movies of all time, The Lion King, and half of that is singing and dancing? There's no dancing. It's just singing. There's tons of dancing. Mm. Lions don't dance, bro. Yeah. A Pumbaa dances constantly. I don't know. That's a that's that's more it's of a waddle. Of strut and walk. Yeah, that's a strut or a waddle. That is not dancing. I like the part and... where his dad gets murdered. <laughs> mm. Pumbaa? I don't think you watched a different movie. I don't remember I don't remember much else. Spoiler alert. Do you remember Pumbaa's dad getting murdered? I do. <laughs> that's his backstory. Yeah. When he was a young warthog. That's yeah. that's what's on the, the table during that singing in the rain scene. That's what's left of Pumbaa's dad. <laughs> they wasted him. They threw those sandwiches away. They threw out those Pumbaa they dad threw sandwiches. Out Pumbaa's dad. They didn't Pumbaa even dad eat sandwiches. him. Wow. <laughs> hey, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> No yep. worries, man. Well, now <laughs> let's go dance with some furniture. <laughs> <laughs> and when they were dancing with the the ponchos, a just ridiculous. Like this is, <laughs> this is the wiggles. But B, it just when we got to that couch, I just as soon as I saw the couch, I, I knew for certain that they were going to step on that couch. <laughs> yep, I'm serious. Like that guy has a furniture stepping compulsion, and I think, <laughs> frankly, somebody needs to intervene. Never invite that guy over to your house. No. Yeah. Oh, it's a real nice sofa there. We had a shame <laughs> if somebody jumped on it. <laughs> yep. 
Don't do it, but Rick. Yes, they do fall over onto the couch. They all have a good laugh about it, and then they all get serious and sad again. And then <laughs> it seems like Rick Astley has a genius idea, and that's where our second half of our middle 30 cut off at one hour, six minutes, and 22 seconds. Oh, man. It was glorious. <laughs> he put on his trench coat and half-heartedly danced to 80s pop. <laughs> <laughs> now that was that was our middle chunk here now before we get into the questions that alice and doug made for us it definitely is time for a center commercial who it is today's episode is brought to you by the podcast seriously what the frick now we've been into true crime lately and this is that but daphne the host is awesome now i say host but she does everything the writing, the recording, the social media, the kill. No, she saves that for the professionals, the killing. And then she talks about it. So come join Daphne and us because we'll be listening. And let's learn to not get murdered together. As she puts it, she's the most unserious person taking on serious cases. And I think that's my favorite part about it. The shows that just talk about dead people and the host tears up a little bit at parts. Bro, if I wanted to cry over a cadaver, I'd have showed up for my grandfather's funeral. Just kidding. Both of my real grandfathers died like 30 plus years ago. Joke's on them. Wow, Michael. I think you've been listening to too much Seriously What the Frick. Nope, that's impossible. I personally enjoy that the episodes are often bite-sized. Most episodes are around 20, 30 minutes or so. You can get in, get out, and have a fun time while you're doing it. I also like that they are labeled. For instance, some are labeled murdered, or captured, or serial killer. You know what you're in for before the show starts. Once a week, you'll get a horrifying story to fill your true crime fix, and maybe even a little bit of conspiracies and supernatural stuff, too. Check out the link in the show notes, or head to seriouslywhatthefrick.com, check out an episode, or buy some merch, because she's killing it over there. Oh, and follow her on Instagram while you're at it. Her stories are hilarious. Again, that's Seriously What the Frick. True crime with a host who is the same name as a Scooby-Doo character. How can you go wrong? You can't. Now that I've gotten my fill of murders, how are we killing it? How are we killing it or where are we killing it? Because if the question's where, then it's all of our social media pages, most notably Instagram at the underscore center underscore cut. We post all our fun, fun art there as well as voting for our center chat. So definitely go check that out. Yeah. And while you're at it, you can send us an email or or big or you can send us a voice message to podinbox.com slash the center cut you can leave a tip if you want because you like us and you want to put money in our thongs we'll do that part on our end we'll like withdraw cash and then stick it in our pants that's what i do with all my cash mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes please all right that was fun, but now Alice, Doug, Doug, Alice, you, uh, there's just two of you. There's four of them, two Dougs and two Alices. <laughs> you have come up with some questions to quiz us on the ends that we didn't watch, as well as the parts without audio, which is mm-hmm. everything. So all of it. We are ready to be quizzed, and I am ready to win. We'll see. We've tied the last two episodes. <gasps> <gasps> so we're the tiebreaker. Of yeah. these three episodes. Ooh. And it's skins, so they carry over. So whoever wins this one wins all three. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this first one's kind of a, a, a low ball. Just to ease us in, what period of cinematic history is this movie about? It is a low ball. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can start. So yeah, I mean, we're we're late 1920s. Even without looking at the newspaper and stuff, I mean, we know that this is early early talkies because it's all it's all over the place. And those came out between uh, I think 26 and 30 or so. Mm-hmm. So you know, late 1920s, 27, 28, somewhere in there. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling confident with this. It's definitely the late 20s when movies with sound started coming out, which makes what we did here even more ironic that we watched it without audio. But, um, <laughs> it truly was the perfect choice. <laughs> the, the newspaper and the scene with the shower head definitely gave it away. All right, you're both correct. Yay! <laughs> All right, one-to-one, David. <laughs> okay. What is the periwinkle suit skimmer hat oh, guy whatever. singing about? Alice had written pork pie, <laughs> but I like skimmer, and I don't know mm. the difference. There are pork pie hats in this movie, though, that other people are wearing. But I think that Skimmer hat is is more accurate for this man. Pork pie is more about Pumbaa's dad again. That's what they did with the hindquarters. Mm -hmm. That was the center cut of Pumbaa's dad. (laughs) I like the mic manipulation for that scream. That was nice. (laughs) All right. So... What was he singing about? What's he singing I about? I think that it's a play on the 12 days of Christmas because there were 12 different females wiggling on display. So it's oh, something wow. like the 12 days of vixens. It's like it's like an advent calendar of vaginas. <laughs> that's a that's an interesting guess. I um so at first I thought, well, maybe he's just singing about all the women he slept with because that's what it kind of feels like without audio. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, well, this movie came out in the 50s and it's supposed to be based on the 20s. So it's like, mm, doubtful. It's Mambo number 12. <laughs> Trumpet. <laughs> Trumpet. Uh, I think he is singing about fashion in some way or another. These are all different different fashions that he's singing about. It's a huge gasp. <laughs> Mm. That was a huge gasp. Just it was, I mean, was that, is that a good or a bad answer? I don't know. Oh, I think it was. Uh, Alice knows the movie better than I do, but that's correct, okay. right? It's yes, the fashion. You it's, are exactly wow. right. He's rhyming along with each of the vignettes. Uh, white is right when you're a bride. For, for lounging oh in God. her boudoir, a silk pajama. You know, so it's a bunch of rhymes it's about what they're wearing. Rhyme. Yeah. Fine. They're just trying to sell clothes. Yeah. Yeah. It's also known as the dozen girls I banged. <laughs> See, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, he's just he's just thinking about being a pimp, I think. Here's all the flavors of girls I have. All right, number three. Why did Megawatt smile, giant collar, leading man guy, or Gene Kelly, and <laughs> fresh-faced Carrie Fisher's mom? Did you know Debbie Reynolds? <laughs> I did not. I did. Carrie Fisher's mom, and they died within yes. days of each other? God. It's a huge yeah, parenthesis in the this question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wow. Why did they butt heads prior to meeting again? I think they were exes who met on a previous movie and they uh, they didn't quite end it well. So it took them a little bit to kind of get back into the swing of things of being friends. I think he just wants to talk and talk and talk. And she's all like, I prefer the strong and sorry. I prefer the strong and silent type. (laughs) But then he gets her to understand she can have it all strong silent and just get on the ladder right now while i murder your family <laughs> legit that's how i got alice <laughs> mm-hmm. get on this ladder you're never getting off <laughs> i would say that neither of you got it perhaps? perfect perfect yeah <laughs> definitely not perfect. yeah definitely so actually they had first met and butted heads because gene kelly is a big movie star and <clears throat> kathy wants to be an actress for the stage so mm. they don't respect each other's professions. Ah, okay. 
Makes sense. Yep. That's how actors are, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's one to two still. Uh, number four. What is annoying Rick Astley's <laughs> job? I feel like his sole lot in life is to piss me off, but that's not an official job title. <laughs> so I don't think there's any way that he's an actor just because of his face and his demeanor. But he, he, <laughs> you're aware that the actual person playing the role has to be an actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm aware. He was on the set all that time. So I, it's probably something ironic like Best Boy or, or Key Grip. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm yeah. gonna go with bluffer. Cor- no, I was thinking about that. But no, I was. I'm gonna go with choreographer. He seems to be good at dancing. So that's, that's yeah. my no, I, saw, I thought Gene Kelly was better at dancing than him. Personally, <gasps> well, those who can't do teach. That is true. It's a good guys. point. <laughs> Alice is a, an English professor. Mm. So. Oh, yep, yeah, that makes sense. I can't English. I he just fucking screams car salesman to me. <laughs> And we all know that, like, product placement is huge in movies, and I wouldn't be surprised if, like, a Ford or Mercedes had, like, backed this movie quite a bit, and he is a car salesman for a a large manufacturer, and it's their way of, like, getting into the movie. Oh, they're both wrong. Mm-hmm. They're so very wrong. Who's writer? He's, uh, he's the piano player. And a composer. And, yeah. Uh, composer is pretty close to choreographer. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Yeah. You telling me that Billy Joel's a, almost a choreographer? <laughs> yeah. You know, he does things that make people dance. Do mm. that make people dance? Mm-hmm. He doesn't tell them how. You ever seen Billy Joel dance? It's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Not ideal. All right. Well, I guess it's still one to two then. <laughs> Number five, we have how does blonde 17th century French woman keep derailing filming? Yeah, so this one kind of feels also like a a meatball, is that she just, (laughs) the audio of her voice cannot get picked up. So whether or not that is uh, she's too quiet or her voice is too high pitched, but for whatever reason, the audio is not picking up her voice. Yeah, first and foremost, I just want to say that I appreciate these names that you've given these people because we don't know their names. That's that's one of the downfalls of no audio, just have to stereotype. I kind of touched on it during your recap, Dave, but I think think you're right. I think she's just too quiet, so they have to keep moving the mic closer. She's like, and you just never know what she's saying. Yeah, that's the answer. All right. You're both correct. Yeah. Yay. All right. And then specifically, so that impression I was doing earlier, that was that's one of the main problems of the movie. That she's a beautiful she has a beautiful face, but But her voice is like this. Donnie, uh, how could you say that to your fiance? No. Oh. Hey, why not- do I ever get to talk? <laughs> yeah. This, this, yeah. This so is how I sound. <laughs> is that gonna be a problem? <laughs> so it's not so much that she's too quiet, but that her voice is very grating. And old microphones just couldn't pick it up. That makes sense. Two to three, then. What is the audience's reaction to the film preview? So to me, it seemed like a mixed bag. At one point, they were definitely loving it, just hooting Mm -hmm. and hollering. And then there were the issues with the quality of the film, like the slowed down part and just the where it cut out. And I think that lost some people there. But really, Mm -hmm. like, F those people. It was a free preview. Go make your own damn movie. (laughs) But... When they leave, we see the young teens that when they left the theater, they were definitely quoting parts of it. So I still I don't think it was fully panned. I I think like it would have got a 62 on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, okay. That's still a D. See, I think they were quoting it because they were making fun of it. I think people thought it wasn't good. And I think it's probably because I would assume that writers had kind of a hard time writing scripts that sounded realistic when talkies first became a thing. It just doesn't sound like normal people talking because they're trying to write a mm-hmm. script and it just doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. But I also just think like w- that coupled with the, the girl's ridiculous voice and the video issues and stuff like that. I just think people were, were a little uh, a little disappointed by it. And, and even those those guys making fun of it on their way out. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dave is right. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they hated it. <laughs> Very true about that dialogue part that in that time, script writing for film wasn't as advanced as like script writing for the stage. So one of the pieces Mm. of dialogue was a man saying, did someone get paid to write that dialogue? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Real quote from the movie. Or I'm going to paraphrase, so it's not a real quote. <laughs> <laughs> but but as they were leaving, one, one person actually said, that's the worst movie I've ever seen. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it was universally okay, panned. All right. Well, I got some ground to cover then. It's two to four. All right. Number seven. What's the brilliant idea that the trio gets after the indoor poncho dance? Starting a podcast. <laughs> no. Um, it, I think they decide because everyone thought it was bad they decide that they're going to rewrite the script and dub over the attractive woman's video with debbie's audio to try and make it set her voice sound better okay i think they are thinking let's keep singing but in the rain let's go get wet (laughs) dance in some puddles and then head down to the studio and I do think, Dave, you're on a similar wavelength. I think they're planning on recording the scenes where the film messed up, but they're planning on recording it themselves. And then my hope is that while they're out singing in the rain, that the sidekick gets splashed by a puddle and has a soggy sweater vest the rest of the movie. And he just starts to grow spores and dies of mold inhalation. One can dream. Jesus. One can dream. Soggy sweater vest. <laughs> <laughs> That was great synchronization. I, like that. <laughs> I don't know if either one of them got it fully. Like they really? got, they got like, they got the solution to what the first answer would be. Oh, okay. Because the the first answer right, is okay. they decide that the movie should be a musical instead of a regular movie. Oh. So when I said let's keep singing, but in the rain. <laughs> no. That is not what you meant by that. Don't even start. <laughs> so I, then, don't, I don't know. Half point. Then, I don't know. But then, yeah, Dave got it exactly right after that. They decide to dub Lena's voice with Debbie. That's yeah. way closer than your shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, they can decide how they want to do it. You voice. guys are in charge. I mean, I I guess I would give, give Dave, Dave a, a half. A f- full. <laughs> okay. We'll cut the difference three quarters point. <laughs> three, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dave okay. gets three quarters. Do I get anything? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then it's two to four and three quarters. <laughs> well, no, it's not looking good here for me. When does the titular song come in? Tits. That means the song that the movie's named after. Come on, Doug. Which is singing <laughs> in the rain. I'm thinking that it must be like directly after our fifteen or thirty minutes ends because. They were already dancing with ponchos, and we saw it raining outside. Mm. And I imagine this takes place in Southern California, since there are movie studios everywhere. And the odds of it raining more than one day in a row out there, extremely slim. Mm. So logic would dictate that it's one of of the next two scenes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I uh, I definitely agree with that. I think that all of the reasons that that Michael was saying, plus I mean the fact that they said they want to go out and like like it seems like they're talking about going and solving whatever problem it is. So heading to the studio, it was already raining outside. We saw the ponchos. It just feels like it makes sense. Okay, I I am here for definite points, and I'm not going to yeah. settle for a tie. Okay, because you both got that right. So, bonus question after that: Who all sings the song "Singing in the Rain" right after that scene? You're both right, but who all's involved? So, I definitely think that Gene is involved. I definitely think that Debbie is involved. I don't know that Rick Astley's there. Okay, but I do actually think that they end up just for the sake of argument, oh, no. because they're going to have to refilm some of the scenes. They have to call the main actress lady. Or reach out to her in some way, and she is kind of involved in the song a little bit as they meet up with her and head to the studio. I think it's just Gene Kelly. Bing, bing, there bing, we go. You're right. <laughs> it's just, just Gene Kelly. Kelly. Just yes. Gene Kelly. That's what. That's, yeah. <laughs> Suck it, Dave. <laughs> Good job. Three to four point seven five. <laughs> you're welcome for the audible. Woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number nine. What happens when the trio's plan backfires? I think it backfires because they tell the the main actress that they're going to dub over her audio and she ends up quitting so they can't record over her sections or re-record her acting with the dubbed audio and changing it to musical. So Debbie has to become the lead role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh- Similar-ish. I think going off my theory that they're heading to the studio to remake the scenes, which we've kind of confirmed, they mess everything up. But some exec sees them, tells that blonde French woman to take a hike, and they make a new movie (laughs) with the three goofballs singing and dancing. And I think it's a hit, a happy accident, if you will, which we'll get to in the next question. But uh, that's what I think happens. Man, I feel like elements of both answers are right. But neither one of them was right. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Dave Dave was partially right in that Lena does find out that they are Mm going to dub over her voice and she gets really upset. What she does is end up wanting to sue the company Mm. And she gets Debbie, she like ropes Debbie into this deal that Debbie can only be her voice in. So in effect, ruining Debbie's own career. So she'll only be Lena's voice. But then, but then Michael's also correct. Michael. In that. (laughs) Sorry, I've been watching. No touching. No touching. Sorry. (laughs) Michael's also correct in that. I guess at the very, very end, they do end up making a, so Lena's out and they do end up making a new movie with just. Gene and Debbie, and it's 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 called Singing in the Rain. <laughs> it sounds like I'm more right. It's Alice's call. I, w- I would say half and half. Okay, okay. Then it is three point five to five point two five. Look at the mathin mathin in the rain. All right, last question, <laughs> and it's worth triple. <laughs> no, right. don't give him a chance to win just because <laughs> you feel bad for him. Mm-mm. Okay, so besides what Alice said, with the three of them going off. Oops. Oh, how does the movie end other than that? So I think that pompadour-haired sidekick Rick Astley drowns in a puddle, I wish. (laughs) And all of the kinks are worked out of the movie. All the hassle is worth it because it wins the Academy Award for Best Film. The main chick and Gene Kelly both win Best Actress and Actor, respectively. And they don't even thank sidekick guy in any of the acceptance speeches. (laughs) They thank the mean diction coach, but not Mm -hmm. him. He Mm -hmm. fades away into history. Nobody ever has to see his goofy face again. The end. (laughs) 
<laughs> How's the diction coach mean? He was the one getting trained. No, no, the, woman, yeah. the, the diction coach lady. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. With the bad eyebrows. Yeah, so, yeah, I think uh, the, the new movie they make is a success. I don't think that they we see them winning awards. My guess would be that they are leaving a preview where everything was, everyone was kind of ranting and raving. And then Gene Kelly and Debbie kiss in front of the marquee as they're heading out. I think uh, Dave is definitely the closest. Damn yeah. <laughs> Man, I just stomped you this episode. He got most of it. Mm-hmm. Down yeah. to the kiss in front of the marquee. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Crushed it. There is a big uh, moment on stage where, what's her name? Lena? Lena. The original actress, the mm-hmm. French haired woman. Mm-hmm. She uh, wants to give a speech. So she's finally able to let out her real voice to all of the people at the premiere. Oh, God. (laughs) She gets utterly embarrassed. Yeah, they don't like it at all. And so they tell her to (laughs) sing a song. And then they set up uh, Kathy, Debbie Reynolds, behind the curtain to sing for her. But then they pull the curtain up in the middle of it. Totally embarrassed. In the middle of the lip sync. And now Debbie's Debbie's career is saved. Oh, very nice. Well, she she runs away at first because she's embarrassed too. But yeah. then and then Jean comes out and makes a big speech and says, "That's mm-hmm. the voice you heard on on the screen tonight." Ah. I think what we're overlooking here is that and Lena is going to sue that right. production company. Yeah. She's going to get. Oh yeah, she's going to get the company. <laughs> like, yeah, she's going to get a bunch of money probably. Yes. <laughs> and the song mm-hmm. she's singing, or the song that Debbie is singing for her, is "Singing in the Rain," but like a fast version of it. Anyway, so I guess that means Dave wins six and a quarter to three and a half. Woohoo! No, not woohoo. No. <laughs> yeah, no, most certainly a woohoo. That was a massacre. That was like Pumbaa's dad level <laughs> massacre. <laughs> I also remember you kind of agreeing to the fact that that counted for all the previous ties. So I didn't agree to it. I just. Oh, oh you sounded like you were on board. If you won, you would have most certainly been on board. You know who was on board was the guy who played Rick Astley because he's dead. He was on a board. <laughs> Like at the coroner. Anyway, you're gonna bring up cor- how many times can you bring up coroners in this one episode? Everyone involved in that movie's dead now. That's true. Just makes you sad. think, doesn't it? Mm. That is sad. Are you guys gonna watch it with sound now? Probably not. I think I kind of. Ha- I think I kind of have to. Alice, Doug, it's been a real treat slinging this rain with you. That's R E I G N, obviously. Now, our listeners. <laughs> Loved you, of course. So, what should they do now? Already, yeah, they're telling us right now. Yeah, (laughs) live tweeting. They're live tweeting how amazing you guys are. So, (laughs) what should they do now with the newfound desire for your wares? Wares should they be looking? I'll shut up and let you talk. Anywhere you get podcasts, and we're also on the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the Twitters, and we also have a gaming, yeah, a gaming channel on YouTube where we where we play video games. It's called Gaming Terribly. Mm, we're so clever. Oh, that, that is ingenious. What do you guys play? Uh, any old multiplayer game that we can get our hands on. We, we invite mm-hmm. guests over and we play mo- mostly four-player cooperative and competitive games. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. recently, there was a game called Pooplers where we're all babies and trying to poop on as much of the floor as we can. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a strong, it's a strong game. Strong okay. premise. No, it, it really was a pleasure having you both on. Thank you for being here. Thanks for doing this movie with us. Yay. Thanks so much. Woohoo. Bye-bye. All right. That was so much fun. I love those two. But 
We're done with them for now. They're gone. Yes, and to let you behind the curtain slightly, we record some of these outros separately, and I'm sick now. So if I sound different, surprise. Yeah, sorry, David, but thank you for doing this. It's not the Rona. I haven't gotten the Rona at all during the whole Rona, but you've gotten the Rona multiple times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times I have to tell you to stop licking toilet seats, but you know what? To each their own, I suppose. I tried to eat a $20 bill once. Uh, It was actually... 11 years ago today, I popped up in my memories. I tried to eat a $20 bill and I woke up with a sore throat. Yeah. Okay. So not only did you just like put a $20 bill in your mouth, but you like legitimately tried to eat it. Correct. Like the whole thing in your mouth chewing. All, yeah. The whole but I didn't, uh, yeah. I couldn't though. Bad. It's a bad idea. But we're sidetracked. Let's hit up center counts. Yeah. Center counts. Here we go. I give this a four out of seven. I don't know how many times I have to tell you guys it's out of seven. Christ. <laughs> I give it a four because we didn't hear any of the audio or see any of the good parts of the movie. We don't have a lot to go off here. I know that it's a classic. I would probably really like to go back and and watch it and enjoy it. And I'm sure that I would probably rank it higher if I was able to watch the whole thing. But I only have so much to go off here, guys. I am not as optimistic as you. I'm giving this a one out of seven. No way. It's not that bad. Oh, my God. For our April Fool's episodes where we reverse our stick, this fits nicely in the middle for me. It's far better than Cat in the Hat, which I gave a zero, but worse than Black Swan. We didn't give center count scores back then, but that definitely would have got more than a one. There's just there's too much dancing. There's too much dancing. It's a it's a musical. That doesn't mean I need to like it. I'm giving my rating on it, and I don't want to see that. Oh I don't really have any other talking points. I guess just hydra stools, hydra chairs, because he's stepping on everything out there. Procasty loves putting his feet on things. Yeah, I know that about him. I've read that before. But that's that's my score, one out of seven, and that is it for now for singing in the rain, David. But what yeah. do we have coming up? Well, next week we have the first time that we're ever going to have people on a center chat with us. Doug and Alice are going to stick around and do a center chat with us. And instead of us answering a stupid question that no one wants to know the answer to, we're going to play a fun game. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And you should be as well. That comes out in a week. And then what happens after that? Army of the Dead with Tyler from the Inner Idiot podcast. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that as well. And we'll be back to our regular thing of just the ends and we will have audio. Yeah. And then after that, we'll be back to TV. Yes, 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 yes. But it was a fun little intermission of our April. Not having to watch hour-long episodes of stuff. Agreed. Yes, yes. All right, David. Thanks again to Alice and Doug from Going Terribly. Make sure you check out the show notes and check out their show. Yes, they're amazing. So go check out all of their things that they already talked about. Like the lady between two very white men. It's always better in the center.